Welcome to the Self Poor Podcast, brought to you by the All Swede Collection Podcast Network. I'm your host, Derek All Swede. Joining me as a co-host today is Mr. Byron Heatherton. He is the co-owner of the Commons in Chico. The Commons is a self poor tap room with 24 incredible craft beers on tap, four wines, the best pizza in town. You pour it yourself. You go there. You pay by the ounce. You drink what you want. Uh, has some of the best food and drink in town. Go to the Commons at twenty four twelve Park Avenue. Now, on to today's episode. We're sticking with the beer theme here. This gentleman created a company that, in my opinion, has skyrocketed out of the gate. He continues to expand and grow. The sky is the limit. For Farmers Brewing, our guest today is the owner, founder, and CEO of Farmers Brewing. He represents what Northern California is to me. It's a place filled with ingenuity and talent and innovation and intelligence and entrepreneurship. And it comes out of these really small towns. But the quality is there. And as a result, it spreads throughout the West Coast and the country, and the world. Without further ado, Princeton's very own Mr. Bill Willer. So we'll pour a light beer to get started, and uh, I want to ask you about your past a little bit. Sure. Um, do you want to crack, crack one of those open, Byron? Yeah, what do we got on deck? Farmer's Light. Now, uh, part of my approach to, to doing this, by the way, is like I want to do as little research about you as possible. So I like have plenty of questions to, right. to learn about you. Right. So it's more of a natural conversation. Um, how long has Farmer's been uh, running on on shelves? Uh, so our first, we were on draft in 2019 at just a few spots, including Commons here. Um, while we were building out our real facility, I was in our little garage, I guess you'd call it. Right. We call it the meth lab because it looks like <laughs> an old building. But that's where we started. Actually, it started in the garage, moved over to this other meth lab. And then uh, <laughs> while we were in there, I found a – it was a 40-barrel brew house in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona that wasn't – been sitting there for nine years, um, not used, and they wanted it basically out of the building. It was turned into a tech office so i flew down there i saw saw it on like brew bids on our not brew bids but pro brewer on a friday morning or saturday morning then flew down on a sunday checked it out and it's kind of when we made the commitment to so to dive in full bore in arizona yeah so i was in a little at a little like 1.3 barrel system in in this meth lab you know what we call it and Uh, that's in that was in princeton that's in princeton correct so it was, it was an old barn on our building we weren't using, so I completely redid it, gutted it, re, re-plumbed it, rewired it, and built a, my little test lab, I guess. So right. I did a lot of testing there. And I, eventually I was going to go to maybe a little bigger system, seven barrel, go from there. And then, like I said, I found this 40-barrel system, and that's when kind of the whole plan changed to like, all right, if we're going to do this, let's, let's do it. So did you? So did you transport that yeah, equipment? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, so we had to get it out of the building, which you know I hired a rigging company to do it. 
Um, <laughs> and it, it was uh, 18 truckloads to, to sit up here. Um, so it got up and I staged it at our farm. Um, the tweakers down there had stole a lot of stuff off of it. <laughs> so we had to actually, I brought every tank in one by one to the shop. Um, hired another outfit, which now the, the guy that helped me, he's, he's fantastic with welding stainless and, mm -hmm. and doing Danny? all that. That's Danny. And so he was actually our first hire. So him and I spent, it was three years when I found it to get it up and running. So we spent over a year in the shop, just like, I'd go there in the mornings and live inside the tanks with him and, <laughs> and then, but this is all before 2019, right? This is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yes. When, when did when did you move, what year did you move all the stuff to California? Uh, it was probably eighteen. Okay. So I mean permits. I always joke we've got like eighty eighty five water permits, and it's, <laughs> we are in California, so it's pretty ridiculous. Some of the yeah, I remember as you guys know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's crazy. But I remember when we first got your beer and we were invited out to the brewery. You had yeah. the setup there, and um, kids were your little your kids were little at the yeah. time. They were living in there and having fun and. Yeah, I, I put them to work at an early age. Yep, um, <laughs> that's good. So speaking of family, um, one thing I do know since I'm buddies with Garth, we, yeah. we talk about you every now and then, and uh, he mentioned that, are you a fifth generation? Yeah, so Prince, I'm third, third at our spot where we're at now. Okay. But the, you know, my, my families came from like Illinois and Washington, and they were farmers back then. So how far back do you know about your family history? Like, we're we talking your great grandparents came over from illinois oh god not to put you on the spot in this. yeah <laughs> you know i'd have to go look my dad gotcha. they did a bunch of research and i i don't know exactly where because two sides of the family and then my wife's family too is uh she's she would be so her grandpa came up here from la and started a dairy farm and then mm -hmm. got into traditional farming do you know um how and where your parents met that's a good question. <laughs> I, uh, college, they, they both went to Chico State. Okay. So, yeah, they met at college, okay. but I don't know the exact... The story? The okay. story, no. Okay. Okay, so then grandparents also were... Did they basically started the farm that you're yeah, on the, now? The, okay. Yes. And so you say Illinois, you know anything like... Do you know anything more about your family history, like uh, back in the old old country where, where they came from? Uh, we're from all over the place, but a yeah. lot of a German, that sort okay. of background. Yeah. So this is, so, in, this is in the DNA. So I guess brewing's in the blood. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, I'm, I'm a German ancestry too, and we had our ancestors came over from uh, Wisconsin. They came to Wisconsin first. Gotcha. So uh, my curiosity, I guess, I'm just, I'm interested to see, obviously, you grew up farming. Yep. What kind of led you towards brewing? I've been asked that multiple times, and I still, like, don't have the greatest answer. I, I want to say... You know, I remember the movie Strange Brew with the McKenzie brothers and that movie just, I don't know why I love that <laughs> movie. And it kind of always, that's probably where it started. Like, oh man, I love just the stainless steel, the tanks, the, the process. And, and, you know, it's a, it's kind of a neat business to be in, you know, with all the, you know, traditions and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then I do remember in college we were, I went to Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, mm. and we were doing a, uh, we were bringing a keg of natural light, carrying it up Madonna Mountain to go up there and be idiots, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I told my buddy, I go, you know, one day I'm going to build a brewery. So 
I kind of like to stick to my word, and I did. So, so you mentioned these these meth labs. Uh huh. Was there anything before that where you're literally in like a a, a room? Yeah, in your I was house in my stuff? in the garage. Okay. So hence we'll get to the beer that we'll try last, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. New a new one we have coming out. So I named it Garage Dweller because nice. you know a lot of things happen in the garage. We guys like to tinker on their toys and yeah. do all that stuff. So it's kind of a. It is true. A lot of. Worlds change in garages, you know, that's where they start. So that's it. I, you know, when I, we were very busy on our farm. Uh, my brother and I expanded it quite a bit since we, we started our own business in 96. Um, so we, <laughs> we spent a lot of time doing that. And finally, you know, I was, I, I never had the time to brew. Finally, I just set aside some time and, and then kind of designed my little, five gallon of course you do a five gallon batch like that's way too much work for five gallons of beer yeah. so mm-hmm. then it grows into 15 then a 30 um so yeah, that so- was all garage and 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 then then i like to say my wife kicked me out of the garage so, <laughs> so i saw this other building and 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 i always had the plan you know this this building was in a great location on our farm where there's there's an uh a main natural gas line there was the correct electricity for it it was just right. the, it just fit great yeah. location did you have some some farming equipment that you used to help build out this this brewery too oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. we probably not osha approved what we did <laughs> <laughs> we we'd put in i mean we did a lot of the work ourselves i remember tipping up our big uh fermenters and first one was pretty scary we had a we did it with a backhoe and a great all and yeah so what is <laughs> what is tipping a fermenter so they're laying like? down sideways so you got to tip them up and you use two pieces of equipment one one picks it from the top and the other kind of holds the leg so once you get it up you can rotate it like this to get it standing on its legs okay right. so when you have something that's like 26 feet tall and it's sitting <laughs> over your head hanging by by straps it's a little nerve-wracking but by the by the last one you get pretty good at it and used to it so you grew up on the same farm that you live on now yeah, correct? yeah. pretty much um and you mentioned putting your kids to work earlier do you yep. what are your memories of like as a, as, a, as a young kid out out on the farm was your was your dad pretty tough on you putting you to uh, work no i mean he would if you wanted to work there was work gotcha. so he'd put you to work i remembered doing all kinds of things he used to have pheasants so i that was part of my job go out there and clean all the pheasant pens out and <laughs> and that sort of stuff but i remember growing up in the shop and just learning how to use tools and and that sort of thing but you also out there you find trouble to get into yeah, yeah. lots of firecrackers and you know good right. stuff that young kids like to do are you noticing you know since Princeton is is relatively small like I feel like it could can only have changed so much over the years and decades right um do you find do you think your kids are living in a like a vastly different kind of environment or world or do you feel similar to to your life growing up um I'd say it's pretty similar I mean obviously that's different with cell phones and that sort of stuff that's a complete different but I you know they don't play much play many video games i like to keep them outside that's good um they started young doing karate so they got into that and both my kids got a our black belts and we went to japan to they got to train with one of the masters in japan what? for a day it was oh, pretty it was that. really it's a great experience they learn a lot of discipline and and 
and and what they do in karate is they teach they make the kids teach other kids so and get up and do speeches so it's, it's a it's a great thing for the kids and plus coordination and that sort of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you growing up in Princeton? Did you grow up playing sports? What were your, what were your hobbies? Yeah, when you go to Princeton, you're basically required to play. We had <laughs> <laughs> like foot, football. Football. Sometimes we had eleven people, so you never come <laughs> off the field. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I coach at Hamilton City, so I know it's it's bigger oh, even Hamilton, than Princeton. Hamilton City used to kick our ass. <laughs> We almost beat them once. I remember that in football, um, football and basketball. I didn't play. I didn't do baseball. Your kids are kind of getting closer to teen years now. Uh, right? My daughter's a senior right now. Oh, in high school. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> my boy's a sophomore. So. Oh, they're oh they're yes. okay. They're older than I thought. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my daughter just took her senior picture. So it's been kind of a. My wife's been a little sad that she's going to be leaving pretty soon. So. That's, yeah. Uh, From what I hear, once you when you that trip where you drop them off on college campus, you just lose it. Yeah. See, I didn't let my parents. I said, nope, I'm going on my own. So. Is she going to Cal Poly? She wants to. She's okay. applying for Cal Sweet. Poly. Yes. Engine. She's going ag. Or? Uh, ag. Yeah. A lot of kids want to follow in their parents' footsteps. Do you push your kids to be an ag? I don't. I let them make their own choices. You know, like I'm. I don't push them to do much. I figured that there's they want to do what they want to do yeah i mean i do make them work because yeah. yep. i'm like no you're not sitting there today you're you're gonna come help me and i i work on we did a lot of our self-distribution um in the beginning so i still <laughs> worked on a lot of the trucks and everything and just two weekends ago i was changing brakes on one of the trucks and i made the kids come and they learned how to train change brakes on a semi truck so that's awesome and, and that. now they have their own car so i make them go they change their own brakes they they do all their own stuff nice so my yeah, daughter i need to she, learn my from daughter can, <laughs> yeah my daughter can change the oil in her in her jeep and everything so that's amazing but she's gonna study she's gonna study in in ag uh, there's a ag systems management is one she's applying for okay and then you think your boy is is he doing something different maybe my boy's 15 no idea so that speaks you know. for itself. <laughs> He's good. We're in uh, uh, dirt bikes right now. Gotcha. So. <laughs> well, I'm I'm out of the two of us. I'm kind of the beer guy, so I'd like to know. Maybe tell us a little bit about Farmers Light. That's what we poured. Yeah, it's a good time to sip sip here. Yeah. yeah. So this was one of my main. You know, <laughs> it. This thing was a bear to make. It was probably fifty batches to get this thing right. And a lot of people think oh it's a light beer it's easy but they're actually one of the hardest beers to make because you mess up one little bit you're going to taste it yep you know it's not like an ipa where you can hide some off flavors in it um so this one this one almost made me quit <laughs> doing trying to get this thing correct um i struggled and struggled and it's a logger too so that's even tougher especially right. in a home brew setting um but finally i remember the day i finally poured it and I'm like ah oh, got it and so Yep. So, and, and at it, what what facility did that happen? In at? the meth lab. Okay. Yeah. So it was the spears fifty percent rice. So that's a whole another animal. Rice. I if I couldn't get rice to work, I wouldn't have done this because I I wanted to be able to use our own grains that we right. grow. It's just kind of a it sets us apart from other people. And not, to be clear, you you're exclusively a rice farmer. Wheat as well. No, we go rice, almonds, okay. walnuts, um, oh. and we're growing wheat. I grow wheat for uh, two of our, actually, SunUp and 530 have wheat that we grow specifically, a wow. special variety uh, on the farm. So, 
Are you are you gonna uh, uh, implement hops now onto the farm too? <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it. It's a little too hot here. They don't grow. Yeah. Um, I I have a little hop farm that I play around with. But yeah, it's so so you have to you out have to outsource. Yeah, we outsource yeah. the hops. Yeah, most brewers do. You mentioned yeah you mentioned like people even get them from like New Zealand and stuff. Oh yeah, out New here. Zealand. We use Australia. some New Zealand hops in our beer okay. too. They they make great. Great beers. My, what, my, uh, wife, my wife actually lived in New Zealand for about six months. So. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, uh, that's bucket list for me. For sure, I want to go there. So we're, we're actually heading back there uh, into November. Are you going to check out some hop farms? We might, yeah. Sweet. It's one of our first first Aside. vacation in about <laughs> four years. Nice. You oh. guys flying into Auckland? or uh, Flying into Auckland, yes. Okay. And we have some friends back there, so it's fun. Got it. Spend a lot of time in Queenstown doing the fun stuff that's awesome who's, yeah, I want to go. who's the biggest vendor for you guys that you sell to for your rice the co-op right, right? yeah so we belong to a co-op okay. and we sell it to another private firm but the co-op we've been in for ever yeah um they have they, they actually bought another another mill not a couple of year a year or two ago so they've expanded um this year's a little tough on the rice guys yeah. Just with the drought, the droughts, this has been a, the craziest year I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I want to talk a lot about water in the, the yeah. third segment, talking about yep. the future. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, I just want to go back to Farmer's Light yeah. real quick. As, as the owner of the Commons, we've been open five years. We've, I think we've had your guys' beer since the beginning. Farmer's Light has been a top three selling beer for us. I think it's a, it's a great beer. Uh, we get a lot of light lager drinkers. Yeah. The branding... You know, the story behind the brewery and obviously the quality of the beer speaks for itself. So kudos to you. We have, I mean, we brought thousands and thousands of beers in here. That's kind of the name of, that's our concept, right? right? right. Um, and Farmers is top three. So that, I think that says a lot. I'm, yeah. I'm happy with it. Just yeah, you knocked it out of the park. The, the <laughs> trials and tribulations of making that was fun. And it, But it, what it really did for us is it made us a... a a lot better brewer just because of all the stuff you have to learn by making something like that. Right. Um, we do, we don't pasteurize it. We actually sterile filter it. So it never gets, it never gets hot. Like, like the major brands do. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. yeah. So are you guys fermenting that horizontally or is that vertical still? It's vertical. Okay. And our brights that we got from the, uh, facility in Arizona are actually horizontal. So, it's what they are. They're okay. more of a pain to deal with just because when you're trying to purge them, they don't purge the greatest. So it okay. took us a lot of time to and different techniques to find right. out the best way to purge these tanks. So I've been to the brewery, so the, the horizontal tanks are actually the brights. Yes. Okay. And they're not jacketed, so we had to build the cold room for them. Yeah, exactly. But we do have some new, well, they're not used. Green Flash had an auction. We purchased quite a few actually four new 250 barrel fermenters that'll be coming in probably next week oh sweet so we might use one of those as a bright um just to turn stuff over quicker derek might need a little yeah explanation i'm, I'm on just a nodding tank. and following eh. on. <laughs> it's fine it's fine sorry i live I, you live in this world you kind of just forget that some people don't know exactly what you're talking about no look for the for people listening who know then they'll they'll yeah. know um i'm i'm you know, I'm an English major, so I'm, I'm a little more fascinated just by the story of, of things. And you've grown. We're not quite getting into the, to the middle section yet, but we'll, we'll make our way there. I mean, you've grown this business so quickly from my eyes, you know, outside looking in and done such an incredible <laughs> job out of yeah. the gate. Um, now that 
you when you look at the farmers light beer now the branding like how do you how does that make you feel now? I mean, just it, it, uh, do you romanticize it a little bit? I mean, you think back to your garage and now where you are? And not really. I'm okay. looking forward most of the time. <laughs> Once in a while, I'll sit there and go in the brewery at night or when I'm shutting down or something and no one's in there. It's quiet and just have a beer by yourself. It's kind of like, oh, shit. I can't believe yeah can't believe what we put ourselves through the <laughs> for <laughs> for this many years but and this this beer farmer's light we actually brew it uh about 8.2 percent in the in the brewery we have a machine that we can blend down beer so we blend it almost one-to-one -one with uh special water deaerated water so we take the oxygen out of the water mm -hmm. um so if you try it before it's diluted it's um we sell it in the tap room, our our tap room in our restaurant here in Chico. It, it's called Old Ninety Nine, and right. you hardly ever know. You would not know they're the same beer, and we can do wow. so many different things with because we do brew at higher gravity like that. We can we can make all kinds of little specialty beers that completely taste different, use different yeast, um, play so around with it. The amount of chemistry that you've learned over the past four or five years must be substantial, right? Yeah, I went to Davis, did a, did a week-long chemistry class, but I, I never really got into the full chemistry. It's more like I know what works and what doesn't work. There's no need to waste time getting all extremely technical. You right. Know? I mean, I did with this beer. The For rice, there's not a lot of info out there, so it took – I mean, I remember having – a table like this full of mason jars with all these different trials and stuff wow. and, and trying to get rice to work and finally one day it, it clicked so okay so on that topic first of all one of the things when we were talking about hops i was thinking like what what a great advantage to grow the product that you're using for this stuff you must save some money there um um which would make moving on to ipa maybe a little bit more of a decision because that might cost you a little more right to bring right. in those ingredients yeah um but then on, also on rice, what other rice beers are there out there? Are you I mean, I don't like to market them as sure, rice sure, beers, sure. But, but I like it as an ingredient because it's, you know, you can add more of a specialty grain to give some different flavors, and it's, it's a really clean base to start with. Um, and, and it would seem and it that yields well. I mean, we had to put in special, uh, uh, special equipment called a mash filter in the brewery. Um, that was a... And then to get it to basically speak and work with the brew house that we completely retrofitted and designed, designed from the ground up. Yeah. Um, we have an extra piece of equipment that we have to cool the rice down before we put the barley in. So there's, it's a Frankenstein brewery, but we designed it around that farmer's light beer to work. And wow. very first batch, they're like, what do you want to brew? I'm like, oh, well, let's, let's, let's give this place everything let's let's shoot at the hardest beer and that first batch turned out great we we didn't have a an, an instrument at the time to measure our alcohol extremely great so the first batch i mean we tested it later i think it was five percent and this is 4.1 so yeah right people didn't complain though <laughs> it would just seem that that you know using rice with beer isn't so common so you've kind of developed this this knowledge base that's it's kind of unique really Bud lights 40 percent rice okay i believe that's what I've, I've talked to one of their brewers gotcha okay so we're not we're close to that where bud light is right yeah tastes a lot better yeah i agree way better <laughs> I, agree. I mean those guys are, aren't I'm, they using corn, some type of corn? um 
I know like Coors is, you remember the Super Bowl where yeah. they're using corn sugar and it's just, <laughs> it's so wrong. Yeah. As a brewer, I mean, you're like, I can't just dump a bag of sugar in a tank and right. call it beer. It's not, <laughs> it's just not right. Thanks for listening to the Self 4 podcast on the All Swede Collection Podcast Network. Visit allswedecollection.com for all of our episodes and shows that's A-H-L-S-W-E-D-E Collection. There are some great self-poor episodes with other CEOs, musicians. What do we got? What do we got? Politicians, athletes, self-poor, allsweetcollection.com. Do you find yourself to be a competitive guy? Like maybe the more, the better your business does, do you start to think, well, hey, I can outdo this company and that company? Or I never a think goal? of it against company versus company. I mean, I just, I always like to challenge myself, really. Right. I mean, the brewery, to, to take an old brew house and bring it up and turn it into something that works. And, you know, I did a lot of the electrical wiring on the brew house myself. And I just enjoy that. Oh, wow. I enjoy that challenge. I mean, putting the brewery together was, it was fun. It's a lot of work, but it was, it was fun. Yeah. It, it sure is. So sure as hell is impressive from the outside in. Um, yeah, I guess you I'll say, say that. do we have to go after other people now? I mean, we, mm-hmm. we, we had someone come the other day and like, Oh, your name is similar to this. Why are you copying them? Like, I don't know what you're even talking about. <laughs> right. we, we do our own, we do our own thing. We come up with our own names, recipes, everything. So it's great. Do we want to, uh, pour this slapper in here? <laughs> Anybody, are we drinking this? I'd love to. Right. It's dangerous. There's a fun story behind it, everything. Um, <laughs> and, and Please tell. To let you know, that is the base of this beer is that old 99. So it's the Farmer's okay. Light before it's diluted. So we, we'll pull it off a tank, put it in a different fermenter, and then we actually use, uh, we, grow, we grow a lot of our, we grow our cucumbers and our dill that we put in there. Nice. Um, what, so that's what, what always a, always that a fun these. day. You juice about 50 pounds of cucumbers. And, right. And sometimes we've had to buy some dill because our dill didn't turn out great or we didn't grow enough. And I remember washing a, like 10 five-gallon buckets of dill and then just you throw that in the fermenter. It looks like a swamp or something. In right. There. But, but this beer was – wasn't – it was kind of a joke, like, oh, it's, it was me and a, a previous coworker just kind of brainstorming, and uh, and we're like, let's let's do a pickle beer, and like, ah, I don't know, so we just did. out of nowhere, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, we're just doing something it. fun for the tap room. We'd always take like a barrel and go play with it, mm-hmm. and then we put it on tap, and God, people were absolutely loving it, you know. So we're like, well, let's. So we still we we sell a small amount and just in the big the seven fifty mil bottles right. Um, so it's more of a kind of a fun specialty. specialty thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing on tap. Huh? Uh, yeah, we have it on tap. And actually, at the restaurant we mix it with uh, a Michelada mix too. Yeah, so that's can, perfect. And it it works pretty well with that. Um, good chaser for a whiskey shot, I imagine. Sure. As well. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you want me to pour you a fresh glass I'm, of this? No, I'm good okay. with this right now. So the name of this also. Have you heard the story? I, I, Garth told me, but yeah, let, let everybody else hear it. So the story's pretty funny. We had a, a guy apply for a job um, in the production in the brew house. <clears throat> so anyway, we interviewed him. A day or two later, he emails me to check on how, his, how the interview went. 
an email came in from a guy named Dick Slapperman, which was not the guy's name. <laughs> so let's say his name was Howie or whatever it was. Um, so I'm like, Dick Slapperman? What the hell? You know, it was kind of a funny thing. So the next morning I get an email from this Howie guy. He's like, hey, Bill, I'm so sorry and embarrassed. I was playing a joke on my buddy and I forgot to change my email name back. So... When we were coming up with this pickle beer, we were like, oh, we got to name it Slapperman. I mean, that's just. <laughs> you didn't want to go with the full name, though? <laughs> I don't think my wife would have let that one slide. Right. She did let the slogan slide on or slide on the front. It's, uh, Farmers grow the biggest pickle. I was, was going to say, you yeah. have a, uh, a little bit of a seductive uh, yeah. slogan. Well, I mean, our, we have put your lips on a farmer, you know. And, yeah. and, and clever. Most people think it's great. Once in a while, you'll get a Karen or two that <laughs> doesn't like it. But. It's beer. It's fun. I yes, mean, get absolutely. Over it. <laughs> I mean, I love it. You know, society, all the, the kind of direction some politically correct things are going. It's it's kind of refreshing to kind of ease back on things a little bit. And yeah, I'm not a to calm serious down. guy. I mean, my wife yeah. actually called me a child the other day, and I kind of <laughs> took it as a compliment. I'm like, I'm never growing up. It's <laughs> no, I love the slogans. I love the shirts. Actually. Uh, last time I flew to Vegas, I probably got five compliments on my MILF shirt. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they're like, if people look at you, then they then they read it, and they're like, oh, that's a fantastic shirt. Where'd you I'd get it? That shirt's our best-selling shirt, yeah. too. Better than the DILF shirts? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so for the middle portion, we, we usually pour a, a sweet or sour beer or beverage mm-hmm. and talk about your your business, um, more, more so the current state of it. Uh, this was, I think, as close as we could get to a to a sour yeah. type beer, but it, it is we delicious. We do sour it up a little bit. Do you? Yep. Um, so what I want to what I want to ask you regards to the beer was, I know you've had like a sweeter uh, beer with the daughter's wit Correct. before. Yep. Um, I, I guess I don't want to ask you if you plan on doing a sweeter sour in the future, but but more so. How do you decide what goes on the shelf? Is it strictly a numbers thing, or there sometimes where you want to put something for the brand or is there something else behind yeah, that? So the number? first year we came out with our, we call it our core four. So we have farmers like 530, which is an unfiltered wheat. Uh, we have a Mexican lager called Valle and then our sun up till sundown, which is a session IPA. So those have always been our core beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the beginning we did make some limited. So we had a, a few other beers, but in the beginning when you're getting name out there, it's almost too many, um, too many different styles. And, Making them is kind of a pain in the brew house to switch around a whole lot. I like um, pain in the brew house is a slogan instead of uh, <laughs> yeah, pain in right. the butt. <laughs> yep. So we, well, we had a stubborn, one called the stubborn mule, which is 100% rice. Right. And you want to talk about a pain in the ass. I think. <laughs> yeah, we had it here. I liked it. I, I mean, a lot of people like it. it. Just, you know, it didn't move super well. And um, I think, I think the one day we brewed it, the second batch a 17 hour day in the brew house oh, it was no fun is at all. that what's a normal day oh that's that's, uh, that's like triple the time yeah, yeah okay yeah so anyway um so so now we do have a, a seasonal that we rotate um summer kickback which is our highest selling seasonal and it's is one of my favorite beers um so we have a fall harvest and Oktoberfest, uh winter migration which is a bach and then uh, spring planting, which is like a hoppy red lager, kind of a different, a different style. But lovely beer, I like. So, that. so yeah, it's it's yeah, I like that one as well. So you have your core four, and then your seasonals. Yep. So basically, we have five on the shelf, and and it depends where you're at, which right. which store. I mean, that's a lot of it. The sales guys, you know, it's 
that's what they do. They've done very well is get get beer on the shelves. But you know, when you get too many, it's mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a lot behind which I've learned <laughs> to get in on the shelf. So it's, it seems like you're kind of at that fundamental place where you know what, what you want on the shelf. I mean, it's not like you're going to be... 23, we got a lot of stuff coming out. So we okay. we're toying with the idea of we have three other limiteds, like you talked about, Daughter's Wit. We get quite a few requests for that one to come back. And it just, you know, everybody thinks, oh, put that out there. Well, it's not that easy, you know, or people, when are you going right. to can that? Well, the can design process is right. six months to yeah. a year long to get that and getting the cans, um, which is a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. No, I think everybody <laughs> at one point, all these, all the breweries <laughs> that I, that I know of that I'm friends with, they struggled with, uh, aluminum. That's why I have a lot of gray hair now from, <laughs> yeah, from the right? candemic, I guess. Is it, is it safe to say that? I mean, Farmer's Light's obviously the number one seller. Correct. And then what's top, what's second and third? So 530 and Valle are next, and they, they go back and forth. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of it depends on where you're at, too. Right. Some, some distributors uh, are, are Valle is, does better than 530. So okay. it's fun to kind of see the different, you, you know, what, what sells in different locations better. Given that we're obviously incredibly good friends with Garth, and he's, he's uh, part of the sales team, um, what is his title exactly? He's head of sales. Head, head of sales. sales. Yeah. Um, kind of walk us through the the growth, the footprint of uh, of where you guys are at. Because I know you guys started self distro. Yeah. Now so you're with we, a few different distributors. We made the choice early on to distribute ourselves. Um, so we had. <laughs> remember, we bought our first little Asuzu. We called it My Little Pony. my daughter hates those things she thinks they're the ugliest little things but uh they're great little vehicles so we we were distributing before we changed our our plan out we were we had two trucks in sacramento in a warehouse we were distributing from sacramento to reading ourselves um which was fun but also hair pulling because um, I don't know if anybody knows how a lot of the new trucks have all these deaf systems and, and there was one point I think I had four trucks down just because of the deaf the deaf systems and it's what's just, a deaf system? So it's the where they Diesel inject the urea. It's just it's cleaner burning. Okay. But a lot of them you have to sit there and you have to run to do a burnout, you gotta let the we had one had to run half a day, just sit there at like two thousand RPM for half a day. I'm like, well that doesn't really it kind of defeats the purpose to me. But My truck has an eco diesel, and I have to put def in it, but it's nothing yeah, like what they yeah, have to deal with. Yeah, so it's and we had a driver just up and leave a, a load of beer on the street in the middle of the day in Sacramento. So that was kind of our, you know, I think it's time to move on. So we did. We um, at, in the meantime, we were with some other distributors farther away. Um, so we would, you know, we deliver long hauls to them, but. Um, eventually we we sold our distribution rights which turned out to be a good good deal and, and we have some great great distributor partners so what's so geographically you guys go all the way down to fresno so we are fresno up to oregon border okay um, there's two counties that we're we will start in here in november okay so that then we'll have we don't have any holes got it yeah good it's awesome and we're working on nevada right now as well Oh, that'll be big. Yep. 
That'll be big. It was like Nevada, or do we want to go south more to LA? And we're like, hey, I think Nevada is going to fit us a little better. You going to start with Reno and like South Lake area? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So currently, the the brewery out in Princeton is just gorgeous, amazing facility. I I, I remember I was I was roommates with Garth actually when I was basically a pile of dirt right and i hadn't gone out there once to see it being built so i got to see it kind of in its final form and it just blew me away hearing him kind of talk about the stories um of how it started what'd you learn in building that thing (laughs) (laughs) well besides patience the one it was funny we're in a extreme drought right now but of course the year we were building the brewery it never stopped raining and we're trying to get the underground in (laughs) and it would just dry out enough you'd get a like a almost a day window so i mean i would get out there two or three in the morning on the little excavator and just try and get as much as the we did all our own plumbing on the underground for the wastewater and all that and 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 our dirt out there is clay so i mean it's sticky and gooey and (laughs) wait so you have plumbing experience too or did you you had crews yeah yeah wow you grow up on the farm you learn to like my dad's never a guy to call somebody and fix something it's like yeah well, well, we can fix it ourselves so we're hiring here out in the corner so <laughs> they're looking for some work <laughs> yeah and then you end up now with these gigantic are those barrels those gigantic that's what you call them those fermenters fermenters yes okay those are the big things inside yep <laughs> so that's where si- when you brew the cylinders. brew house makes wort the wort goes in the fermenters where you add the yeast so basically as a brewer you're making yeast food so then the yeast turn it into beer so they they change they take the sugars eat them and turn them into uh, alcohol and carbon dioxide and just the 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 yeast is an extremely important part of the brewing there's so many different variations out there and flavors you can get mm-hmm. um, hmm. you know like a, a hefeweizen beer mm-hmm. the, that banana flavor is all from the yeast so then back to kind of the different varietals that you have that you want to put out there you're always experimenting you got your specialty stuff that you're playing with. And then it's it's your choice to say, okay, I like this. Let's let's box it and put it out as a seasonal. Since we just opened a restaurant here in town, and so we're able to brew a lot um, more of our just trial batches, I guess. Yeah. And have before it we wouldn't sell. You know, we've got a couple ten barrel fermenters, and we would never go through twenty kegs of beer at the Princeton Tap Room. But now over here in Chico, I mean place swallows beer so yep. we were able to try a lot of fun stuff and we have 46 taps so we need to make a lot of different beers um so the the one we'll talk about later is our hazy coming out i mean i still can't believe i'm saying that we're making a hazy <laughs> it's not my <laughs> style i was gonna say when i first met you hazy wasn't on the map i have to our, thank you so much distributor was like did you guys he talked to guard he's like did you guys sense the text he's like did you guys tie Bill up and, and make a hazy? Well, you so, did it for people like me because I love I love hazy. And so. actually, it turned out really well. And and then we see what it does at the restaurant and tap right. rooms. We just put it back on last week, and it's our number two. Wow. So that, so the tap room is now effectively a place for you to test out beers, see what does well, Absolutely. and now so it does kind of become a number thing. Okay, this is selling like crazy. Let's we got to put it on the shelves, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's also, I mean, you know what's going to sell on the shelf, what's not. Uh, um, okay. Like we, I there's beers we make over there just for fun that I know we'll never make, like right. like a Hefeweizen. I love a Hefeweizen, but they're just not going to sell very yeah. well. So we just something like the hazy might end up on shelves. The hazy, pro, we're we're working on the label right now. Yeah, 
Nice. What was what was sort of going through your head? What was the process of kind of shifting, making that move to Hazy, even though you were kind of standoffish about hazy. it in the beginning? We were just playing around, and, and there's a new yeast company that makes these really fun yeast. They, they market them great. They just You're like, oh, my God, i got to try that. It's a giga yeast or? Uh, Omega. Omega, yeast. yeah. So Love Omega. There, there's a new kind of buzzword in the industry called thialized yeah. yeast. So they do a lot of that. Um, and actually, this the, the hazy I brought is first time we did it we tried a new yeast and you're able to go with half the amount of hops and still get the same oh sweet. flavors so it's great it saves you i mean when you dry hop a beer like that when dry hops when you throw hops directly in the fermenter so when it's cold not in the brew house when it's hot mm-hmm. um in a hazy you throw them in almost the second day of fermentation mm-hmm. um but they soak up a lot of beer they just that you waste a lot of beer by doing that yeah. to get that flavor um, and you learn, we learn the hard way when you first, like the day after fermentation, if you throw your hops in, found out now it's called a hop volcano. It's like when you shake up a soda can yep. and open it, well, you put the hops in there, well, the CO2 comes out and it just, it blew <laughs> work clear Did up really? into the ceiling. Oh, wow. <laughs> the guys are trying to hold the lid down and finally it just blew off. And how, so, how long so. is the fermentation process with the thialized? Uh, it's probably about the same length. I mean, we, we do it pretty warm, so it's less than a week okay okay so with how with how quickly you've grown your your schedule must have evolved here in terms of what you're paying attention to in the company or what you're doing day to day oh is yeah, that safe my, to say i've been through so many phases in this you know yeah now it's i hate to say it but i'm a lot of office <laughs> right. office work now which it's really not me, but it's got to be done. So, what are you what are you spending your time focusing on, thinking about? Well, the restaurant took a lot of my time away. Um, it's going to be fun when that place is all built up around there. I'm I'm still yeah. a little upset that the uh, what was it? The kale sprouts is that coming back? <laughs> I everybody loved them. That tried them, Jang. but people see that and go, "I'm not going to try that." It's a lot Go-chu of those things. Jang kale sprouts, yeah, were they fantastic. Were, they are phenomenal. All the things we talk about, we're talking about kale sprouts here. Come on, hey, my wife's a sh- my wife's a chef, so I go for the unique stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so in regard to to how you're spending your days now, and what you, what you're kind of looking at. Yeah. So when the restaurant was going, I, mean, I spent a couple weeks here. I mean, I I did a lot of install stuff there too. Um, me and Danny, I mean, Danny spent a lot of time there and till midnight trying to get it. We had a deadline that we were shooting for and we we made that deadline by about three minutes i think when wow. we opened the doors we were still hanging stuff and Jeez. um but we have a great gm over there and a great crew um so now now we're get back focus more on the brewery side of it and so we're working on some new products for 23 some new packaging so we're going to go in we're going to go into 19 two cans so mm-hmm. we just bought a, a the, the green flash auction. We bought a, a smaller canning line that we're going to dedicate to 19 two ounce cans. Those are individual cans for sale, the 19 twos? Correct. So it'll come in a pack. Mm-hmm. As soon as it gets stored, they open it and put it singly on the shelf. And the other direction are, are 30 packs on the way? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Our packaging line will do 24 packs. It won't do a 30. Um, it'll do our 19 two packs. So it's Okay. Which is going to be nice. So we'll be able to package right off of that. God, it seems like packaging is such a monumental 
Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, if you think about of, if you think about business like this, if you've ever heard of Canvan, I mean, they're making they're making a killing right now. But we we used Canvan when COVID hit. We just got going in 2020. Yeah, and all we were just in draft, and then all of a sudden, here comes COVID, and draft sales went to zero overnight. And so we were gonna have to either furlough everybody, right. or luckily we 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 had a lot of the artwork done for for the cans, so we. You know, and I'd spent three years putting this thing together. I was kind of like, I need, like, give me a week or two to breathe. And, yeah. no, nope, all right, let's get it right yep. in the can. So they were ugly. They, the, they were the stick-on labels, and we had the can van, yeah. which is a mobile canning unit come up and, yeah, and can for us. But trying to schedule them six weeks out with your brews, and they're very expensive, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, so we we put in a full canning line a year two years ahead of what i planned on doing it yeah um, and it's, i mean it's a top of the line canning line it's nice yes. so we got that in then then you couldn't get cans for a while what percentage of your time are you putting into the farm versus the brewery not, restaurant not a ton anymore i i usually start there in the office in the morning so that's my first stop is at the farm um, we're in harvest right now. We should we'll be finishing up walnuts tomorrow. Actually, for oh nice rice is done. Rice was only a quarter of the rice was planted this year, as opposed to normal. A right. quarter, yes. Wow, <laughs> it's it is weird driving out and seeing all these bare fields this year. Yeah, it's kind of sad. How yeah. what's, how was the the walnut harvest? It's okay. Walnut prices are in the tank. So well, how the almonds do? <laughs> Ammons were crappy this year as well. We had a frost that wiped our wiped the ammons out. So I still do frost control, which I don't know if you know what frost control is. It's no fun. It's so you know when the ammons are at the right stage when they're just just starting the year, um, and if it gets below a certain temperature, it'll wipe your crop out. So we we monitor. We go down. Say you start at midnight, and I basically take a pillow, sleep in my pickup, and and we have these pretty sensitive temperature controllers so you drive around and and see where it's at and then we have helicopters on standby yeah. that'll fly above it and then they they'll push heat if there's an inversion layer they push the the warm air down this year normally about five in the mornings when it gets the coldest somewhere around there right before the sun comes up this year is a super cold cold spell midnight we were already at like 28 degrees and so it there was really nothing you could have done but i mean that's a great point so yeah how on earth are you doing both of these things now? <laughs> what <laughs> have you have you have you hired some employees to help with the farm yeah you know? so okay. when, when i had the brewery idea um you know my brother and i started in 96 so we we're this will be our 26th year um i wanted more time to do the brewery and he wanted more time with his family and stuff so we started hiring you know, okay. could, we got some great managers on the farm. Got you. Yeah. Okay. But my brother's still, he's still fully involved in the farm. Right. <clears throat> I'm just not there day to day. I just, with the restaurant and the brewery. And, <laughs> and pre and pre brewery, you mm -hmm. would just, you'd basically be on the farm. Correct. Majority yep. time. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Huh. So then part of doing this, was it that you, you were just ready for maybe a little bit of just change in your life too, right? I mean... Not necessarily. No? Just wanted to do the brewery and then you realize you can't do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be everywhere and you got to <laughs> trust your people. 
How do you deal? How do you deal with uh, stress? Do you get stressed out? You don't seem like you get too stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) Ask my wife that question. (laughs) Yeah, we should have had her here too. (laughs) I know. Actually, I took up a new hobby that's kind of my stress release. So that's uh, (laughs) what is it? Um, My kids, my kids now golfing. I kind of I haven't golfed. Well, I golfed with Garth the other day in a tournament, but um, now I don't golf much. But I. It's a good family thing. The kids, kids wanted to get into dirt bikes, so they did, and then they they kind of peer pressured me. Come on, Dad, get one. So forty seven or forty six, I got my first bike in last December, and so now we go out to the tracks usually on Sundays and yeah, that's <laughs> go awesome. see if we can hurt ourselves. But <laughs> do you go to Cycle Land at all? We were cycling yesterday actually. Okay. So are they racing or are they just riding? My boy is starting to do some more, um, some cross country racing, not, but they do it on the tracks. Um, his last one was an hour and a half. So I don't know if you've ever ridden a dirt bike. It's the most, I mean, physically demanding. Yeah, I'm good for you about 20 minutes. You don't realize how really? demanding and oh, yeah. physical it is. Just it's upper body, just shaking. Oh, yeah. Balance. Yeah. Yeah. Burns so I mean, driving trails, not as much, but you know, we, kids got into it. So I taught the boy had to run a backhoe and we built a full track at our house oh, we, you have, did. we have acres so we go out oh, there and awesome. the neighbor kids come over it's it's fun it's great because kids learn to work on their bikes but for me it's you put on all your gear put the helmet on like you kind of forget about everything because yeah. if you don't focus on what you're doing you're mm-hmm. gonna end up in the hospital yeah you hurt yourself for sure have you guys ridden up at prairie city no, but there's a race there November 5th. Yeah, big one. Yeah, District 36 is what my boy does. So Yeah, okay. He's going to race in that one. Yeah, that's when I had quads, that's where we used to ride. It's fantastic terrain. Yeah. And then they have big, you know, motocross races up there. So Right. Yeah, I, I have not been there, but I know one of our sales reps, he, he goes, he's been there quite a bit. He was telling me about it. Not, not a good sport that goes along with beer. So... <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a quick break to tell you about the Talking Black Art Podcast. This is a podcast hosted by myself, Derek Allsweet, and Corey Hunt. It's a white guy and a black guy, old millennials, discussing famous black art. Uh, In season one, uh, we cover four films over 16 episodes, and the conversations naturally branch out beyond the art itself. Um, I'm really proud of this podcast. I highly recommend it. Whatever your background is, I think there's there's a lot to gain from what we did in season one. Season two is on the way. We're going to branch out into television now. I'm really excited to pick that back up with Corey. AllSweetCollection.com, Talking Black Art. Back to the show. Before we hop forward, how is the uh, the restaurant tap room doing? It, I mean, every time I've been there, it's been packed, and it, it seems like it's crushing it. Yeah, it's a it's a learning process, and and you know how the restaurant business is working with <laughs> young young employees, and I mean, most of them are good. You just there's I think we hired 130 people over there, so that's 130. You're just gonna always have wow. Issues yeah. like that, you yeah. know, just Issues. showing There's up, be some just, turnover. just getting people to show up on time as a, is <laughs> our general manager. And he's, he's very good, but he, he has very high standards. He's like a minute late is the same as an hour late to me. So oh, wow. what'd you learn most through, through that process building, building that place? Uh, a lot about how commercial kitchen works. Like I had no idea how, you know, we had a consultant. So 
just designing the kitchen to be efficient and we're still looking back there's a few things we would have changed and we've already had to make some additions and, and change some things around but it's fun i mean i like i like learning stuff and new new challenges and you had to develop a relationship with those at dan gonzalez is yes the one that's yep. yeah yeah he's yeah. a developer his is um guy that runs the development out there or construction of it brian was he was great to work with it, it makes me feel so good to see the development that's, that's even happened just the last five you know maybe 10 years in chico i mean it's it, it, this stuff just wasn't here before and it's like that i think just a substantial change happened in the last decade in particular um and i think you're the newest newest example of that on that note what do you do you see Chico? I guess let's talk about Chico specifically. Is this a place like this is this is your hub? This is this is a town that you you want to do your business in or like your, your I home mean, base? We want to. I mean, there's some territories that we got a lot of room to grow in. Um, that's our goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, this is a it's a business. It's a volume business. So I mean, you got to get your volume out there. We put a lot of money into the into the brewery, so you need to recoup that at some point. Just in your opinion, how do you see Chico moving forward? Do you, do you like the the? Do you think the city is going to continue to grow? Do you like where it's yeah, at now? Yeah, I mean, there's out there in that development. There's over five thousand homes slated to go out there. There's inlows putting a, a big cancer center in. There's that's huge. There's yeah. some more. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's it's talked about like a big climbing facility indoor climbing facility um it's gonna be a fun area there's a lot of new 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 fun stuff like dan's son is putting like a high-end cocktail bar in there Mm -hmm. so that'll be kind of neat to see some some unique stuff yeah i think we're at a we're at a great uh balance right now in this town but yeah i mean there could still be more growth even yeah i mean as a as a third generation chico local it's I think in, initially my thought process was I didn't really feel like it fit the vibe of Chico just because it's stuff that you see at like Santana Row in San Jose or, you know, bigger cities. Uh-huh. But I think that area, I mean, I think it's a great fit. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it makes sense. Well, the old barn's kind of, it's, it's a yes. cool concept that it's kind of the anchor out there, you know. It's, and I just, I just love to see uh, commercial industrial areas being successful outside of downtown mm-hmm. like downtown is great i love downtown but sometimes it's hard to park sometimes it's congested and there's er- other areas in this town that um can thrive and 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 there i mean the myers district marion park i mean it's 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 happening and i i love even though i don't live in chico i love seeing it i mean it's incredible yeah in a sense i mean you're kind of getting in early in the in the in the you know in the big picture mm-hmm. i think i mean you're yeah, I think that restaurant will even do better once all those homes are in and, you know, people can walk. Right. You know, we have a big patio where people can bring their dogs. So it sounds like you're open to building more restaurants in the no. future, different locations. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Was this that quick enough? Maybe a satellite tap room? I mean, honestly, we didn't want to get into the restaurant business, but uh-huh. just that location was, we're like, man, if it's perfect with... The vibe fits us with the old barn, and yeah. just it's so we just we couldn't originally we we're gonna do like half the building, then we took a little more, then a little more, and then finally, and wife and I were driving right around here to the commons, and I remember just going, "Let's just do the whole thing." She's like, "Yeah, you're right." And so yes, yeah, I love it. She's played quite a role in in that getting going. Absolutely, right? yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. She was. I was. You know, I went back and forth, and like, you know, this is. I'm not gonna see you and the kids for. <laughs> 
<laughs> a long time. This is a big project with the start in the brewery. And she's like, hey, we're going to be behind you. So, That's And awesome. then now she's, she does mo- pretty much all the merchandise. Um, so She's the glue. She's the glue of absolutely. the uh, of the business. She's yep. great. Let's talk about Garage Dweller. This is a hazy IPA, 6.9%. Bill's going to tell us a little bit more about the... Uh, so to dive happy. into the hazy varietal. And I'm so happy about this. <laughs> maybe a little bit about the brewing process without giving up too many trade secrets. As of now, I mean, we're brewing it on our own now, but originally we would, we would peel off some work from the brew house from another batch. Because um, our brew house, it makes a, a big batch at a time, so you can't really brew a small batch in it. So we've learned tricks to play around with it. So this is basically the 530 base beer 530 is at 5% this is 69 so 530 we brew a lot stronger and dilute all our beers we do that it's just more efficient mm-hmm, you right. use your mm-hmm. tanks so wheat use, in the grain bill for sure correct yeah so i want to taste these original batches of with a higher alcohol content you just did slapper man that's old 99 <laughs> um so that's why when we kind of do sun up change a little bit we don't have to change anything it just change a number on the blending machine really right. um but so this this one we we're, we tried a new yeast on on our big batch uh we use some just different hops in here I, I i don't like to use a lot of the hops that are super mainstream yeah like citra you know such, it, it just like eh, everybody does it Nelson. so I, I like to try different stuff and I, okay. I actually use a lot of older school hops that have the seas huh cascades and no guys? not really cascade um just some older ones that are really good um like there was i'm drawing a blank right now on the, on one that was shunned for a long time and we tried it it's actually in the in the um spring planning okay we we're like that's great let's use it so what's the characteristics of the hop more of the like the danky or more of tropically yeah a lot of like this one's a lot more on the tropical yeah, side I plus that the thialized yeast is is that's what it does i'm like I said chemistry is not the my huge specialty but the thials release a lot of the the um you know those tropical aromatics it's funny when we do sensory you can try you know everybody gets a little oh, different wow. and then you talk about it and people are like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now i, I know right. what that i get that now that's 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 more refreshing than most uh hazies yeah i don't drink. like to do anything that's extremely on the bitter side that's yeah. that's our thing is more drinkable easy drink it is okay it is um i'm curious about branding in in the beer business, it almost seems like the the type of beer you put on the shelf is almost a part of the brand, right? Yep. You mentioned like you're hesitant to do this because hazy doesn't really fit the brand necessarily. Is that safe to say, or that's what was your concern? I'm not a guy that goes and follows everybody. Gotcha. Oh, everybody's doing hazy. We gotta gotcha. do a hazy. It's just I like to do what I think is gonna do well. Um, like not many people are doing a light beer. Right now, a lot of a lot of breweries are. But no, I thought that was brilliant to, to lean into this because everything was going this direction mm-hmm. so heavily. It just seemed like... Yeah. I mean, a lot of that sparked when Budweiser got bought out by a foreign company. It was kind of like, it was a USA brewery and they sold out. Right. Kind of like, kind of pissed you off a little bit, Absolutely. you know? So that that was one of the decisions to make a light beer too. Is, yeah, we don't, we don't bring any of that beer here. I mean, it's obviously it's still brewed in America by right. American workers, but just... 
just feels wrong. <laughs> what What is your favorite type of beer to drink? My personal favorite is Valle. Okay. A Mexican lager. That's yeah. that's my go-to or summer kickback. But I I do I I'm like anybody. I like to try different stuff. I'll try a sour. I'll try a mm-hmm. you know we're bringing a sour on here pretty soon to the restaurant. Oh, you are. So we we do a lot of guest taps there as well because right. um, we can't make a lot of things. And I like to you know we have a ciders, we have kombuchas, same as you guys. You like yeah. to, everybody likes to try something different. Yep. Um, so we talked a little bit about you expanding in Northern California, and now mm-hmm. you're going you're in the Central. California now, yep, Central Valley, and then you're you're going to move down to Southern we California. We have two two territories or big ones, San Mateo and Santa Clara County. Those we're going to open up here very soon. So that's like two point seven million people in those two counties. And then you mentioned Nevada. I mean, is your is is it impossible to say how far you want to scale, or is your goal to scale? People like, ask me. Yeah, I just country. like I I don't know where yeah. we're going to stop. It's you know, like I said, we just bought the four new fermenters so i I plan for it i plan in the brewery everything for expansion so the valves are already in place so it's kind of like a plug and play there to add you know we built extra room for these fermenters to go in so i'm putting those in um it does give us a lot more flexibility yeah wow that that, i'm I'm so fascinated to see how that unfolds for you in the next five years or so how how kind of far you go and uh, how far east you go basically i don't know i've been running pretty hard for a while it's kind of like do i want to keep doing that or do i want to you know we have a great team yeah so i mean we've put together i mean from everywhere from our social media to our sales guys to our production i mean to our facility managers i mean we have a great team and our farm is phenomenal guys too you know right um i'm really proud of what we've you know the people that we have well what about so obviously you know derek and i we we did a podcast with ken and we asked uh-huh. the same question you know their slogan is family owned operated and argued over yeah is is it in your plans to stay independent and keep it family owned and operated 100 oh, percent. yep my kids my daughter she she actually likes the farm she'll she drives tractors once in a while um my boy he likes to work who knows they might like the farm better than the brewery, but I mean the fact that you never know it. Seventeen and fifteen. I mean, you guys remember that age, right? Yeah. <laughs> my daughter's pretty. Ed. I mean, she's she's pretty focused. You know, like I said, my boy's a little on the non-focused side right now. Well, look. So, so. I, I teach secondary schools. <laughs> yeah. And that's just not to be you know gender biased, yeah. but girls are much more focused <laughs> and well behaved yeah. than boys. I do have yeah. two girls, so I can say I, I can agree with that. Yep. I mean, the fact that we're even talking about or flirting with these like ideas of you scaling like across the country, for instance, in, in this short amount of time is just it it blows me away all the time. I know we haven't uh, hung out much or talked much, but that's those are the conversations I had with Garth. I'm always just like, how are you guys <laughs> growing so fast? And it, it's because you seem to have a knack for hiring good people. Where the heck does that come from? We've hired some not so good. Okay. <laughs> There's definitely trial and error. <laughs> I mean, we can get into those stories. No, let's not. <laughs> oh, God. We won't get into the Karens either. Right. <laughs> That's another thing in the restaurant business. That we're, yeah. It's gotten better. But I mean, the first month, I mean, it's tough to put that many people together and have everybody meld instantaneously. And people don't understand that, that there's a learning curve and, and, and they expect everything this way or, or there's just people out there that 
no matter what you do, they they want to complain. complain. Well, yeah, so every I, customer is I kind of let it slide off. You know, my wife's been a little. She takes them a lot more seriously. Yeah. and I'm like, don't pay attention I'm to like, the Yelp reviews. You talk to any restaurant owner, they're like, just it's gonna happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. I mean, when someone comes out and is just like, there is nothing good to eat in this entire town of Chico. You're like, okay, yeah, I want to hang out with you. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my thing is like, well, you're one person out of 120,000. So it is. It's exactly. Yeah. Um, so so back to the back to the beer scene. Do you anticipate entering any beers in GABF anytime soon? We have, and and uh, I mean, is that I've even a focus in, for you? No, it's not, not at all. It's, um, I, I've sent beers in the competitions, and I've had two completely different judge judges score yeah. it like, oh, too much lime, no lime. Like, okay, yeah. and it kind of just to me, that's just a put off. Yeah, and it's more of a. Eh, I don't know. It's just not our thing. We're just You're talking about competitions? Yeah, yeah. GABF is the biggest beer competition Which in just the country. Happened. Just what? happened. Yeah. It's in Denver. It's Great American Beer Festival. Yeah. Uh North Northern California represented really well. So on that note, um I, I, I should talk to Garth uh this weekend about advertising and like kind of the mystery of it. And the, <laughs> the, the money that you put in versus the actual payout you're getting from it. Because technically, as a, you know, as a digital media company here, it's like that's kind of the business I'm getting into. It's like, yeah. all right, I've got to get small advertisers, basically. And how do I present the value? It's hard to see what, you're, what you paid for. Like we just did a campaign down in Central Valley, like a streaming campaign. <laughs> oh, you got this many impressions, all that. You know? And then we're trying to see what it does to sales. And you know, didn't really see a bump. Is it all just smoke so, and mirrors? I no, mean, not all of it. I mean, okay. when we hit Chico, we, we had our radio ad, which we did the, the 530 salute. And they're still actually doing a 530 thing. Right. Not, they're not saying it's by Farmers Brewing. But we did that in billboards. And you know, Chico did really well for us. It was our best, still is our best market. Okay. Um, and, and we did because we focused on it. But you can't do that everywhere because right. it, costs, it costs money. Yeah, I will say living in Sacramento, I, I definitely see a good, good amount of billboards. That you we guys do have quite up. a bit in Sac. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We, we do oh, okay. some radio. We do some radio in Sac. So radio still seems to be a valuable ad. ad I think so. Spot. We do yeah. a, a, like a sponsor down there where it's what's happening in Sacramento this week, sponsored by Farmers Brew. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously you guys have been at uh, the baseball field over there, Rayleigh Field, uh -huh. right? Um, do you guys see yourself kind of doing any more of those? Maybe the Sac Republic? We, we got or? into Golden One. Okay. So Valle's down there. Sweet. I mean, that's we're working on a lot of the venues want 19-2 cans. So that's, we're doing 19 two cans. They're in the works. Actually, it's got one of the labels approved by Cola today. Oh, sweet. So those are, those will be coming out first quarter of 23. Because I'm a season ticket holder at Sac Republic. So I, okay. I want farmer's beers. I'm tired of drinking <laughs> Lagunitas and Well, it makes me think stuff. about advertising too. It's like, it seems like the advertising is just to have your beer for purchase at a golden one. Like that's the advertising, you know, not the extra cost. It's just... You kill two birds with one stone. They buy your product. It's also there for them to see. Yeah, them. but those big venues. I mean, you got to pay a lot to get uh, in to get okay. in there for one okay. tap handle. It's yeah. an obscene amount. So of it money. is like paying for it. Like oh, it's spots. definitely pay okay. to play. Okay. Um, you know, we sponsored Silver Dollar here, and those guys have been great. And it's 
It was fun to sponsor that because I grew up going to these races oh, yeah. every Friday night oh, when yeah. I was a little Gold kid. Cup. You betcha. Oh, yeah. that's, that's so you sponsored a, a, a sprint car? We do a sprint car, yeah. um, a local farmer's. Oh, well, he sponsored our buddy's dad, Denny's dad. He sponsored Denny's dad. Oh, really? Alves. Oh, yeah, in yeah. the in Destruction and Derby. Won, right? <laughs> and then his brother... Um, Rap, he's got a dragster that he goes, and so we got a farmer's dragster. It looks pretty cool. It's got the, <laughs> it's got the uh, pheasant on the air oh, intake. Yeah, it looks, awesome. it looks pretty cool. We sponsor, actually sponsored a. There's a kid down in Yuba City that um, is a phenomenal motocross rider, and we sponsored him. He he made it to. Oh really? There's a, the biggest amateur in the U.S. called Loretta Lynn. So he made that, um, and it's cool. I just you see what kind of hard work the those guys put in to to do that stuff and so we sponsored him i love that for advertising attach yourself to a of a mountain bike guy athlete in chico bubba bubba garth knows him oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah okay (laughs) so he runs with the runs the farmer's jersey i love it it's fun to do that sort of stuff that is cool but we do get i mean tons of people requesting and you know you want to do everything but you just can't it's and same with like my wife does a lot of the donation stuff and that's it's almost a full-time job how much are you are you good with delegating work with with the company or are you a, little, a bit of a micromanager in any way at all that there's a particular thing you know, whether it be advertising? when my brother and i started in 96 it was just him and i yeah and then you know we, we didn't have any of those management skills we just we put our heads down and worked and then finally hired a person and then more more and you grow and and yeah you learn how to how to do that stuff i think the farm definitely prepared me for the brewery mm-hmm. and yes yeah, so we we did micromanage mm-hmm. um but i've learned i i can't now yeah. <laughs> and i you know i just it's gotta be one of the biggest challenges as a business owner like in the brew house when when we were going i mean i was brewing the whole time i was and doing a lot of the stuff and you know, once you get some other guys trained, we have a production manager whose last name is Farmer now. It's oh, that's right. Dan? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. You said his last name is Farmer now? Like he changed no, 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 it? No, no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Well, that's a good employee. <laughs> Our production manager now's last name gotcha. is Farmer. <laughs> so we, we had to hire him. I mean, came yeah, in with his right. last name is Farmer. But no, he's a, he's a great guy. He's great with the, the crew in there and, and very organized and clean. I'm a very clean yeah. guy. Most brewers have a little OCD in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a clean brewery. It's definitely a clean brewery. Beautiful. Um, we mentioned water earlier. We don't have to get political or anything, but what's it like running a business like this in California? For instance, I'm sure you have you know, a laundry Dave, list of... You have to... It's always funny. We did a... You know, a lot of people have a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Right. Well, I didn't. I told my wife, um, I said, go buy a bunch of hula hoops. We're going to have a hoop-jumping ceremony. So (laughs) we did a picture, and we're all jumping through hula hoops because you have to go through all this stuff, and then they'd never even inspect it. I mean, it's fine, but you're like, I did all I spent all this money on these engineers to get this stuff, and then no one ever looked. Much. I'm not going to say anything more, but... And a lot of it is so absolutely wasteful and wor- that it doesn't actually do anything to help anything. It's 
it's frustrating. Like I remember some of this stuff, you have to get a like a stormwater permit. Oh yeah. So you have to when it rains, what happens? Same as it's done for a million years. It rains, the water goes on the ground and falls goes. follows into the ditches. Yeah. Same as same as it's always done, and it's. So are, it's are, silly. Are you cynical about things like that and that these no, things exist, I, exist so people can line their pockets or people think they're doing the right things. They're just not. They're just not. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of, well, that job's done. I'm, I have a position in this government agency. I need to yeah. create some more stuff. Yeah. You um, want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, and, and, and act like they mean well. But when it comes down to it, it's a power trip. We're dealing with it right now. I mean, we, we got sent to ARB and when we could have just been approved over the counter. They sent us to ARB. We literally paid $7,000 for a 14 minute meeting. Just to say, oh yeah, this looks great. You're, you're good. Excuse me, what? Seven, you paid $7,000 for a meeting? Yeah, ARB. <laughs> so, you know, well, it is what it is, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of moving parts in the city here in Chico. There's There's been a lot of turnover and that's just, you know, it's kind of, you kind of got to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Having just, I just visited Brazil for a couple of weeks and I, I think that's like the most kind of eye opening difference when you go to different countries are the building codes and this, you know, kind of how structured and rigid we are in the, in the standards that we have here. So it does show in society like yeah, there's a lot of beautiful building codes to be good right <laughs> you know that uh, you get that but some of the stuff is so over the top yeah. yeah so what is the next move what 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 is the next move for farmers you guys uh, going to continue to grow your footprint yeah in distribution, we're, I mean, like said, we're excited for 23 with i mean i still can't believe i'm excited about this hazy come <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's actually good and i'm excited for the 19.2 cans our sun up we're gonna uh, on the the cans, it's not going to be a session IPA anymore. I mean, that was our thought, and it, it hasn't. People are like, ah, I don't want a session, but when they try the beer, they really like it. So we're it's going to be a West Coast IPA. We're going to up the ABV a bit, change the branding a little bit on the mm -hmm. 192s, and eventually the packages. But um, we we have quite a few cans, so we're going to not throw them away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any you guys going to do any dark beers? We have. Yeah, we do. A, winter. Our winter migration is our, our dark beer. We have a one called Pintail Porter. Okay. Um, That's which that is just going to be in kegs this year. Okay, Last cool. year it was it was a different name. We got in a little trouble by complete accident um, from neighbor over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but yeah. no, it's it's that's all good now. Yeah. Um, we didn't. No, I'd love to see some complete, dark beer. We. We put on a Schwartz beer. I've always wanted to make a love a Schwartz beer. Oh, yeah. So we put one on at the restaurant. Wait, Schwartz is a style of it's beer? A, it's a black it's lager. It's a black lager. Okay. Really. But I thought that was a brand name. Really drinkable. Only like 5.5% alcohol. And yeah. So it, and looks, it looks dark, but it's, it's, it's actually I've always, light ABV. I was I've thinking always, of Schlitz. That's what I was Schlitz. Thinking. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I've always really loved a Schwartz beer. And then, Me too. But they don't. I mean, they wouldn't sell. I'd never yeah. package it. But to have it on the restaurant and... And it turned out great. I'm really happy with it. Yeah. Have you ever had Urban Roots? Nothing is certain. It's their Schwartz beer. I have not. Black Lager. No. So he used to. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's an incredible beer. Um, we tend to have that probably maybe three, four times a year when they have it out. Does really well. To let me know when it comes in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We can. Uh, yeah. We'll keep going here. We can wrap up any time, but we'll, we'll we'll keep asking a few more questions as long as you got as yeah, you got the time. I'm, um, I'm good. What what 
worries you m- most about this company moving forward? Uh, what shortages are coming? If yeah. we had the can shortage and then recently CO2 shortage. Um, so we were, we almost shut down. So we were down to our last little bit of CO2. Um, wait, I don't know anything about it. So you have to, you purchase <laughs> CO2. There's a limited yeah, amount. Draft yes. We buy it in liquid. It comes in a big tanker truck. They you go from new CO2? Huh? New CO2? Who do you guys use? No, we use, um, a local different outfit. outfit. Okay. Yeah. Well, we actually use one of the local welding outfits, MJB. Oh, okay. yeah. That's who we go through. And they have a big company that comes and delivers it in liquid form so if you don't have co2 you're dead in the water you can't carbonate you can't purge lines you can't do anything so uh, why is there a shortage of it i i heard a lot of breweries back east actually shut down because of it um it was nationwide and there was a, a plant here that went i don't know if a couple plants went down or exactly what it was but but there's a new plant that came up finally so we're 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 good right now um we were we were like two a day off from running out and someone messed up at another facility a a, like an organic farm facility and they left a valve on so the truck guy came and he topped us off with everything so we loaded his truck up with beer (laughs) like keep that man happy yeah absolutely (laughs) no we we same thing we had uh we had an employee change a, a nitro tap one of our wines and left the you know the 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 tap untapped and it was just leaking gas yeah uh, you can recapture co2 from fermentation you have to run it through a cleaning process which hmm. is a, a pretty expensive so we're just not it doesn't right. make sense for us i mean it'd be great to do to be able to do that but just not we're not there so from from co2 to h2o you're, the two businesses you're in now are pretty water, yeah. uh, water the reliant. The brewery doesn't use hardly any water compared to the farm. farm. I mean, when you, when you look at it and do with, you, with the big picture. What kind of thoughts and conversations do you have with other farmers about water? Are, 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 is, is, is it panic mode? or what, what, what? It's just weird. It's, it's, I know a lot of guys didn't plant anything this year. So it's most guys have crop insurance which covers it right but that doesn't help all the people down the line right the truck drivers the you know the the processors all that it's it's kind of a bad situation so farmers are generally or covered by insurance but okay interesting so in anything that offshoots you guys that jobs that rely on on what you oh, guys produce or, I mean, or, uh, just the where the rice goes there's dryers there then it goes to the mill and then you know with not as much product just hours are cut no truck driving to move the product because there's not like the harvest there wasn't much chemical guys fertilizer guys all that's not been being sold it's a lot of there's a lot of people that work in the ag industry that yeah that get affected by it yeah i guess is if if things continue to be bad like what what the heck happened we said last year if it doesn't rain this year is going to be ugly and this year was ugly um i'm on a water board and it was the first time in our history over 100 years that we did not supply water in our district wow so it's it's so you guys buying water or? uh so everything in these districts all pumping groundwater okay um we did there is some water we have some on the west side uh some trees and 
trees you you have to water or they die <laughs> so we had to purchase some pretty expensive water over right, there right yeah do you do you think that certain farms or farming is going to have to kind of migrate to where more natural water is in like a northern california central coast just northern be... california is usually one of the best spots for oh water. interesting okay yeah the central, I mean, central have, California. I mean, Lake Shasta, Lake Oroville. Actually, the guys on the east side, the rice did okay because Lake Oroville's in better shape. We're more on the west side where it comes from Shasta. Um, then I guess my question is, how do you feel about us, you know, giving water to, to Southern California, basically? Is, is, yeah, no one likes that, but yeah. sometimes if there is excess and they want to pay for it, it's, yeah, it's, that's part of the, it's part of the nature of it. You know? Well, <laughs> see what the future holds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so this year, I mean, if it doesn't rain, it's going to be even uglier than it was this year. Right. Did you remember your parents or grandparents telling you stories about, about drought and, and what they had to go through? And Yeah, but they didn't have nearly the regulations that we have now. I mean, True. there was a lot less, you know, just oh, like now burning your rice fields is like pulling teeth. And back then it was, to burn day, yep, go light the match. It was right. it's a whole different animal now so the burning would help financially well as opposed to so this is another thing that doesn't make a lot of sense so you can go out there and burn your rice fields when you're done right to get rid of the straw so you can plant next year uh-huh. well now you can only burn say 25 percent of your acres so the other 75 percent you got to find a way to get rid of it so what people have done is you go you have to chop it tractor with fuel you have to disc it tractor with fuel then you have to flood it usually fuel to flood the fields to make to get it to decompose so as opposed to going out there with you know a quarter gallon of gas yeah. and lighting it up you're spending you know four or five hundred gallons in diesel to right. go it's just one of those yeah it does <laughs> seem like with any regulation it's like you have to look at the offsetting cost. Yeah. I like, mean, I, well, what it is, I mean, people see, you see the big costs, smoke, whatever. you yeah. see the smoke right. and yeah. it's cloudy. I, everybody gets that. No one likes that, but yeah, it's, it's part but, of I mean, the, we, we live in a, in a, in an yeah. environment of farms. It should just be part of what, right. what happens right. up here. Yeah. So, so what, uh, what are you looking forward to the most with, with the business here in the next three to five, maybe 10 He didn't years? think like that, man. He's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> What are you excited um, most about with the business? That's a good question, actually. Just keep growing the territory and sales and getting more really good partnerships with our distributors. Getting, you know, some of the distributors you just don't get. They have so many brands, you know, and it's it's fun to see our brand grow and more people and, and just the feedback we get. Oh, my God, I tried your beer for the first time, and it's always a good feeling. Oh, yeah. And that's, oh, it's that's part of the yeah. fun fun part of it you know it's what we i mean yeah even as a teacher it's like that's what you do it for yeah. it's, those good responses right. are just it's there's nothing better than that yeah. yeah do you guys ever see yourself distributed nationally i mean that's a whole nother ball game you if know? the demand is there you know we which we don't need to now we still have a lot of room in our current markets right. to grow so that's that's, well, that's the interesting focus. part right yeah. like you, you could you could lead such a successful I, I business just staying in this area you can yeah yeah, yeah. and then once that because once we get too far then it's building a whole new facility and it's like man i just got done with this one i mean you can you can build a facility in Asheville, north carolina (laughs) (laughs) inside joke (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, this uh, thank you so much for coming by. This sure. is so it's cool. Fun. Um, it's so 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 nice to to hear stories of successful people in this community, and uh, you're definitely up on that on that list now, man. Well, thank so. you. So you got yeah, some weird. I'm here. pretty low key, and then I go around. People come up and talk to you that don't you don't know, and you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. Nah, <laughs> that, that, that's how you continue to progress and be successful yeah. is with yeah. that attitude, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. We 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 love the beer. We love supporting it. We love Thank pouring you. it here, and Thank uh, you. we're always going to be one of your best fans. Good. So. And, and love and, your family and everything you guys are doing. Thank and you. We'll 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 come to the restaurant as long as you bring the kale sprouts back. <laughs> yeah. okay. The goju jang's not there, man. I'm I'm not happy. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you.